What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by the Torn by Sports Podcast Network and blogtalkradio.com. I'm Alan Zog, the Jedi, and he's John English, the Germs guy. Happy Friday to you all, and uh, you know, well, welcome back to another week, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. John, how are you today? I'm good. Good, and, and Devin, good to see you. How are you? I am fantastic. Awesome. Um, I, before we... Before we do get into the the meat of the show, I I, I have to just say that uh, three and one, man, somebody predicted that and somebody was right. Three and one in the last four, it it was pretty good. I'm just saying. Yep, just say it. Just yeah. say it. Like he I, said I, it. Let's I, move I, on. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- three and one. Oh, I forgot to look up the what were the odds? Let's see. I don't know. I just, just while while John's looking that up, everybody. If you, if uh, we're, we assume Jazz you listen, had, Jazz had a twenty percent from five thirty eight to win that game last night. Wow. So yeah, last week we, we were talking about the upcoming four games. John felt good with two and two. I felt okay about that, but thought three and one. And hey, it worked out that it was three and one. Um, and we were what a couple of shots and a double overtime away from a four and zero trip or a four and zero stretch mm-hmm. too. I, I got to yeah. ask, what what was your guys' favorite game of of that? I'm I'm guessing it's it's last night's game against Denver because that was a huge win. But yeah, I mean the the game against Oklahoma City was was entertaining, if nothing else, frustrating at the end. But well, if if that if they had just had, let's say Paul George misses that shot, that that giant arc bounces off the rim and the game's over then that's the best jazz game of the year. But lost. So I would have to say Denver. And the uh, the run there at the end, Donovan hitting three shots in a row late when they really, really needed it to not let Denver tie the game up was spectacular. Can we talk about the difference in those two games, though? I mean, and there were two games in the middle. I mean, the Jazz struggled in moments against Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back, but eventually pulled away. No Luka, which I was disappointed. I was at that game. I was really hoping to get a chance to see Luka in person and missed out. But that game, they struggled. They struggled out the gate against the Clippers. In fact, it, it just it did not look good in that first quarter. But then, then they turned it around. But I, I'm with you, John. The Denver and the OKC game were 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 two fantastic games. Um, the OKC game, I was watching from the chair at work. I had I had my phone up. I was keeping up with the score. Had it going while I was trying to get work done. And I got in the car and didn't even start the car because here we are, regulation, and it's close. And I'm like, man, yeah. I got to get home. And I got home just in time 
for the final 10 seconds and then going into overtime. And I was like, all right, free basketball. I got home just in time for this. And I nestled right down on the couch. That was game was incredible. Um, the runs, the, 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 the play Donovan was really good in that game. Paul George was fantastic as he has been all season. Westbrook was amazing, but the jazz came up short and a lot of people can go, ah, turnovers, Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, that shot, blah, blah, blah. Fine. I still felt like that was just an incredible game. But yes, last night's game against Denver was by far the best game. That might have been the biggest win of the season, you think? Uh, yeah, as, as far as just clinching wins. They're, they're not going to catch up to Denver, but I think it's awesome that they've beat Denver twice this year when Denver is you know one of the best teams in the league. By the way, can I point to the fact that Denver only has two losses in the division? And those two losses are both to the Jazz. Wow. That ought to tell you about this That's division, cool. for one. Denver, Denver. I can't remember how many wins, but they only have two losses in the division. Both are to the Jazz. And now they've played each other three times. The Jazz, are, Jazz have that series so far at 2-1. and one. They've got one more coming, and I think it's one more in Salt Lake. Mm. I'd have to look at the schedule again, but I believe there's one more matchup in Salt Lake featuring these two teams. And I'm feeling pretty good about that game. Yeah, I think we did have them twice. Let me just check real quick. Uh, Denver. Yeah, Denver is our final home game. Yeah. I'm feeling good about that game. Yep. Jazz have 20. How many games? Let's see. 21 games left. And if they're to win 50 games. They have to go 15 and six. John, I think they go 15 and six, if not better. I think they do too. Uh, Should we go over upcoming schedules? Jazz are currently 35 and 26. They're still in the sixth seed because the darn Blazers, Thunder and Rockets keep winning. Yeah. But um, let's look at your projections or the projections that you posted real quick before we do upcoming schedule. Okay. So. The three sites, double checked them all. Uh, 538 has the Jazz finishing 50 and 32, but that would put them as the sixth seed because they see a three way tie for third between those other three teams at 51 and 31. Uh, basketball reference, they have the Jazz finishing 49 and 33, which would give them the fifth seed, Oklahoma City as the fourth seed. And then ESPN has the Jazz finishing 50 and 32, tied for the fourth seed with Oklahoma City. Okay, I'm going to go back to that three-way tie with those other teams for a moment, though. Uh-huh. I, I, they're, they're, they're assuming a three-way tie does not favor the Jazz, but in, in the event of a tie with Portland right now, the Jazz win that tiebreaker because I believe their division record is still better than Portland's. Okay, but they're projecting that those three teams are all going to have one more win than the Jazz. They're predicting those three are oh, all going to Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. You're talking about the ones ahead of them. Sorry. I misunderstood yeah. that, misread that. You're right. Uh, it, I, I kind of like the idea, though, if you finish the season, you've got a four-way tie. It would be kind of interesting <laughs> to see Oklahoma City, Utah, Portland, and Houston all in a four-way tie for the for the three through, through six oh, that seed. Would be something. Wouldn't it? Now, if you look at conference record, because say there's a four-way tie yeah. between those four teams, uh, the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Jazz all currently have a 22 and 17 conference record, while the Blazers are at 20 and 19. Yeah, 
Now, granted, so, if it comes down well, to you it, you got to go to head-to-heads first. But yeah, yeah, and and if it comes the, down to it, if the Jazz end the the season series tied with all of them, which is still a possibility, mind you. I mean, how many have they lost to Oklahoma City so far? I'm trying to think. I they let's see if they lost. I think they've lost twice because yeah. they lost that first one and then they lost one back in December. Yes. And, and I, oh no, they've they've lost three times. Oh, never mind. Okay, so head to head, that oh, goes that to one, OKC. That one's gone. And I think division record, even if it did end in a tie, it it wouldn't matter at that point. Head to head goes to OKC. If they are they done with OKC this year? No, they got them four. You play, you play, you play your division four times, so they've still got one more, I believe. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah, they got one more. So whether they win or not, it won't affect uh, tiebreaker rules, but it will affect overall record. So, yeah, that one's Monday the 11th. They they got their final OKC game. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i just – I'm throwing it out there. Four-way tie would make for what an incredible run for the Western Conference especially. But for yeah. that, group, that group of teams, which you consider – most if not all of them in a t- in that tier two in the west i don't even think i still put denver in the tier one i still consider them a tier two but with their record the way they started the season they're they're going to stay in the two seed i think see that i see denver they get the two seed and i think they are just prime for an upset in the second round yep i agree if not the first round they're still <laughs> maybe even the first yeah yeah i know yeah I mean, let's be honest, guys. If it's me, I don't want to face Houston or Oklahoma City right out the gate. I'm hesitant about Portland. Denver is actually a team that I'm not terribly terrified of. And, yeah. and, and you know, that's not just because um, last night's huge win. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that the Jazz found a way to expose Denver or something like that. But it's just, I think the Jazz match up better against Denver unless... I guess the change would be like that Jamal Murray goes off. Right. I which didn't happen. I still think Oklahoma City is the only one that should relatively concern me in a matchup with the Jazz in the playoffs. Not but Houston? No. No. Because I think the Jazz match up well against Houston this year. And you look at the games they've played each other, I think all of them have been very good games and I think that's a better matchup. I I think it's a better matchup this year than it was last year. John, because I think Houston's a little worse. John, do you have the the record or not record, but can you see what's happened with Utah and, and Houston head to head? Uh, I think they're done. And if I remember right, they're two and two. Yes. And the jazz beat Houston once without Rudy Gobert. So I remember he see. got thrown out in the first 30 seconds was of that, that game. Was that the cup game? Yes, there's it was. Yes, there's it a was. loss. There's a win. And there's a win. Yeah, two and two. And I think okay. relatively they were all pretty closely matched, weren't they, John? Uh, let's see. One by 11. One by a lot, like 20, 29 points. And then the two losses were close. One was by, oh, no, they got killed that time in February. Yes. They got killed on that one. And then... Oh, I lost the other one. I think the other one was a close loss down the stretch. Yeah, and then the other one they lost by five. Okay, so I like that. Maybe, matchup. maybe I'm not as scared as I thought I was, but yeah. it's still one of those things. I I don't know. Like just even Houston against Denver or, or 
Houston versus Portland, I would rather deal with those. Yeah, fair. So, okay, John, you gotta, you, we gotta go over upcoming. You gotta tell me about this jargon you have written here because I'm not following it at all. Okay. So what I did is I put the schedule and then I put the 538 odds of victory in parentheses for each one. Okay. So Utah's upcoming schedule, they have Milwaukee at home, Pelicans at home, and then at New Orleans. And the odds respectively for those are 58%, 81%, So the Jazz should go 3-0 and this week. But when you're in the 50s, that's kind of a toss-up. I'm going to go and say 3-0. and 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 Saturday is probably the toughest and biggest of those three games because you're going against the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a home team, but it's still the best team in the NBA. So that's right. that's really a toss-up. Um, and then for the three teams ahead of them, Portland, they have at Toronto, at Charlotte, at Memphis, and then home against Oklahoma City. The odds for those respectively are 29, 54, 57, and 56. So they have them going three and one, but all three of their assumed wins are toss-ups. So who knows how that's going to go for them? I think they go two um, and two in that stretch, don't you? I, I hope they go two and two. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I'm pretty sure Toronto will win that one. And then I think uh, I think they will win Oklahoma City at home. So one of those other road games, either Charlotte or Memphis, I think one of those is a is a last second loss. Okay. And then uh, upcoming Oklahoma City, they have the same record as Portland right now. They have at Spurs, home with the Grizzlies, at Timberwolves, at Blazers. Their odds are respectively 56, 88, 56, and 44. So they are projected to go three and one. And that's another one where I actually could see them going two and two. They've actually been yes. reeling a bit. They've lost three in a row. Now, granted, they didn't have Paul George last night, and they nearly beat the Sixers without him. But yes, they have been reeling of late. And had the Jazz beat them, we'd be there'd be a lot of people wondering what's going on with OKC because they did they they'd have dropped four straight at that point. Yeah. So okay, so Houston. Now Houston, Jazz are a game and a half behind them. Houston only has two games on the schedule, but it is at Boston and at Toronto. Odds are at forty and thirty-eight. So they see them losing both. So next week they would have Houston at thirty-seven and twenty-seven. And if the Jazz went out like they're supposed to, they would be 38 and 26. So they would be ahead of Houston at that point. They would be closer to Portland, Oklahoma City. If they go two and two, both of them, then they'll be 40 and 25 at the end of next week. So the Jazz would still be, what, game and a half, two games behind them. This is insane. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. And it's fun. <laughs> where, yeah, it is. Where was I reading to? And I'm trying to remember, but I thought Oklahoma City's schedule isn't one of the toughest strength of schedules yes, remaining. Yes. Yes. So, yes. And it's panning out. Yeah, it is. And, and I'm going to be curious. You know, I, I was listening to the radio on the way in, on the way in this morning to the show and listening to DJ and PK. And they, both of them thought that they don't see the Jazz getting out of six, they don't see them reaching. Uh, past either of those three I, maybe i'm the ever optimist but john i still think the jazz can get the three seed it's possible um if they if thunder fall enough that the jazz can get ahead of them and they don't have to worry about not having that tiebreaker they have it portland and houston 
I believe are two and two both ways. So then you go to conference and then after that you go, I don't remember where they go after that, right. but Houston, I think is probably going to wind up falling behind a game anyway. So that's, that's the real obstacle. If they want to get to third, they need to, they need to get ahead of uh, the thunder. And this was, and, and mind you, this is when Locke was on this morning and he was talking about to get home court, the jazz would need to w- lose only three of the final 21. They'd have to go 18 and three to get home court. I don't yeah. know if I, de- I, I agree with that though. Because you, you, win, um, you w- they want home court. If they, okay. If they want home court, minimum 50 probably should get 51. If they want to get the third seed, then you got to get 52. So by, by virtue of the home court discussion, then the jazz have to win 15 of their final 21. And I think that's going to happen. I think, and we just discussed that. I think we all agree 51, 51, 50 to 51 games is where the, I think they're going to end up. And I think that's where we all think they will. So four seed and that's home court. So home court is not that much of a stretch at this point. And I think they're going to get it, but you're right. They have to really go do much better in order to get the three seed. And I still think that's attainable. Now of, of the eight current Western playoff teams, jazz have the easiest schedule ahead of them and thunder have the hardest schedule ahead of them. Um, I'll, I'll do this in order, uh, in order from easiest to hardest of the top eight West teams. It goes jazz, then the seventh seed Clippers, then the Blazers, then the eight seed Spurs, then looks like Rockets, and then Warriors, and then Nuggets, and hardest is Thunder. Yeah, that's why I think so the Jazz. They, is... they need they need the Blazers to get upset if they want to think about catching them. Agreed. So okay. Um... I, I think that's enough jazz talk. Do we have anything else to talk about on the Utah jazz for the week? Uh, just that Rubio and Neto and Exum were all out against Denver. And that just makes that one that much more awesome. Did, I haven't really looked. Did you hear anything on expected timetables for any of them? I haven't. Okay. Let no, me see I, if... I, I haven't either. The, the thing that's crazy is this isn't the first time the jazz have run into having no point guards. No, it's not. And, and it's yeah. just, you know, the Jazz have had issues with the injury bug in recent years. You know, we've had Gobert out for extended periods of time. We've had Rubio out. We had Burks injuries, um, Exum injuries. But the fact that all three point guards have been out at the same time, twice in the same year, is it's just odd, isn't it? It is. Yep. And I want to I this- go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I've, I've got this pulled up. It says Exum's going to be reevaluated in a week. Neto and Rubio are both day-to-day. Okay, so we could see them both on Saturday, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I got to ask this, though. I've been, I've been wanting to ask this because, again, listening on the radio this morning, people, people are still after Rubio right now for the mistakes he makes, his inability to shoot, the turnover, you know, again, the turnovers, things like that. Um. The number was thrown out this morning on the radio. The Jazz are 8-0 when Rubio is out due to injury. And so I'm going to ask the same question that was asked on the radio. Is there something to that? No, we should not injure Rubio intentionally to try and win more games. I'm just saying, is there something to the fact that they're winning when Rubio hasn't played? I don't think so. I think it's just worked out. Hang on, I want to check that. 8-0? 
when Rubio has been injured and not played? Uh, okay. I'm going to... You go back to his injury in January, his... that stretch where he and Exum were out and they played, and then you look at, at last night, and i that's the number that was thrown out on the radio this morning, that they are 8-0 okay. without Rubio. I'm just going to his game logs, and holy crap, that's accurate. So is there something to so be said about that? They're eight. And, they're eight and zero oh without Rubio. Wow. Do you have who they played during those? Yeah. those games. Can we? Uh, okay, home game Knicks. Then he missed six games in a row, and it was a five and one home road thing. It was okay. So home Magic, home Lakers, home Bulls, home Pistons, road Clippers, home Cavaliers, and then road Denver. Uh, and you know what? The Denver one was a miracle, but all those other games, they should have won anyway. Okay. That's what I, That's what I was going to say too. There's a lot yep. of bad teams mixed in there. Yep. I, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking this morning as they were talking about it on the radio a little bit. I have to think the schedule favored them in that stretch. Yep. Well, here, here's, here's another thing. And you, you can make this about Rubio if you want. But I think another aspect and maybe way that we should look at this more is that Donovan Mitchell is making good choices when the ball is in his hand. And also that the Jazz are very lucky to have Joe Ingles because Joe was fantastic last night at Denver. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. he he had, was it Reggie that was calling the game last night going yeah. crazy? Yeah, Reggie Reggie was, was in major man crush mode last night. So, I mean, yeah. There's there's one way to look at it with, oh, maybe it's Rubio. But no, you've got a veteran who's making great decisions, taking over ball handling responsibilities. And you've got a sophomore player who we've been told can't play the point because he he's wired to score. But Donovan's done a great job of learning. And that's another thing they talked about on the, the broadcast last night was his willingness to be coached. And you saw it with him on the bench even during that game getting the feedback from Quinn, uh, listening intently. You could tell that he actually, you know, cared what was being said. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. part of the reason for the Jazz success is, you know, the three. Joe, Donovan, and Quinn have put them in a position to win those games. Yep, and Rudy, who's like king of the advanced stats right yeah, now. Yes, he is. And and I'm looking at back at last night for a couple of things too. Final final thoughts, and then we can move on. But, um, you know, Joe was fantastic. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but what was it? 11, 11 assists, I think a game high, 11 assists. And really, I thought picked apart the Denver defense at times with with getting to the rim, with getting the ball to guys in their sweet spots with the pick and roll. I mean, that pick and roll works really well. And it was working again for them last night with with uh, with Joe Ingles. But early in the game, I saw Donovan talking with a fan on the sideline. And I could tell Donovan was getting agitated. And we've seen this throughout the season. We saw this last year, but especially this year. I felt like the minute I saw that, I made a mental note. I go, that fan might have just signed off on his team's death wish. And it, it, sure enough, it happened. Donovan came alive in the second half, and not only did he come alive, but the camera panned to him at a couple points, and he again, after a couple of shots, looked at that fan and pointed or or put his hand down in, in a shush motion. <laughs> I, I kind of liked what I saw. Donovan, 
Donovan not only is teachable, coachable, but he takes he takes the barbs from fans personally, and he did it again last night. It, it, note to fans: Don't uh, okay from a Jazz fan. Note to fans: Please continue talking to Donovan because when that happens, your team loses. But but overall, it's like do, when do you learn as a fan base? Maybe you ought to just cool it because the guy's going to torch you if you don't knock it off. Well, here's here's one other stat I'll throw out regarding last night's game. Jazz offensive rating for the year is 108.8 and Denver's defensive rating for the year is 107.8. But in last night's game, the Jazz ended with a 111.9 offensive rating. Wow. On the flip side, the Nuggets offensive rating is 113.1 and the Jazz's defensive rating is 105.6 and the Jazz held Denver to 104.9 offensive rating. Yeah. And it was unbelievable watching that happen. And it was a defensive stance between both teams for a stretch last night, which impressed me. So, yeah. All right. That's jazz for the week. Let's move on to NBA news and notes. John, you wanted to talk draft and chances before we do that. Let's make note of a couple of things. The warriors struggling a little bit lately. Uh, yeah, they lost two in a row now. To teams and against teams, you shouldn't. They shouldn't be losing to. Right, they lose to Orlando and to Miami. Well, you saw the the shot, right? On Miami, yeah. Dwayne yeah. waiting that shot. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I mean, he gets blocked, <laughs> gets the ball back, and then just launches a a one off one foot three pointer to win the game. Wasn't that what happened? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So you know, but th- John, things happen. I don't know if you guys watched hey. either. Yeah. I was just going to say, here's an ideal. Uh, Warriors are focused. They wind up falling to the two seed. Jazz get up to the fourth seed. And then in the second round, the Jazz would have the Nuggets instead of the Warriors. That's doable. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, though, in the, in the, in the, re, uh, the recap of the game last night against Orlando, watching it, you're, you know, you mentioned lack of focus. Yeah, right now there are games where the Warriors look a little disinterested. Would you agree? Yeah, and that, and that's just that's the luxury they have. They're forty three and nineteen, and at least four of those losses you can just kind of chalk up to wow, they just weren't playing like themselves. Yeah, is everything else in the West going about as we would expect? Yes. How are, um, how are you guys pretty doing? much? How are you feeling about the the race for eighth? I think you've got the Clippers sitting there currently, if I remember correctly. Okay. And that one yep. still surprises me, John. And I want your your thoughts on it because I I thought that them trading away everything, I thought they were heading straight for the draft. But man, they're still winning games, and you don't expect them to. Well, here's the thing: uh, the front office might want the Clippers to miss the playoffs, but Doc Rivers does not want to. And so he's going to coach that way. Players don't want to miss the playoffs. They're going to play that way. So yeah, their roster is thinner than it was before the Tobias trade, but you know, they're, they're playing hard and they're still, they're still ahead of the ninth seed by two games. So they're only going to fall out of the eighth seed. If someone else catches up to them and the Kings, they, they kind of have a rough schedule. They've lost two in a row. Uh, the Lakers, you know, Gosh, did you see that video of LeBron the other day where he was just like not doing anything on defense? I can't remember who the opponent was, but the opponent got like three offensive rebounds and he's just wandering around not doing a thing to help. It was, 
I think Snotty Snotty Drippin's the one that tweeted out and he said, This is art. I, I retweeted it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw about that. And then I know you got tagged in a bunch of tweets I ended up deleting, mostly because I wasn't getting some of the numbers right, but I somebody somebody tweeted out and said, Stop comparing Jordan to or uh, LeBron to Jordan because Jordan wouldn't give up on defense. And I went back and looked. I was actually more surprised than I thought I would be. Do you realize the amount of minutes that LeBron James has played in his 13-year career compared to Kobe's 20 and Jordan's 15? No, I haven't. Okay, Jordan took, what, three years off, four years off because in his two retirements and then played a total of 15 years. I looked at uh-huh. the minutes. Don't quote me exactly. I have to go back and look. But LeBron in 13 years in the NBA – has amassed 45,000 minutes. That's a lot of minutes and a lot of miles in the NBA. Kobe, in 20 years, logged 48,000. And those last two years are pretty bad. Yeah. 48,637 for Kobe. Yeah, in 20 years. And LeBron's at year 13 with 45,000. Put that in perspective, people. And then Jordan amassed 41, I believe. 41. Uh, 41,011 minutes over 15 years with, with a three to five year break in two separate retirements. People need to put LeBron James taking plays off LeBron James at his, at the stage of his career. He's at in perspective. The man has amassed millions, I mean, thousands of miles of minutes in the NBA that does things to a body. It would be interesting to take the three of them. And break out their stats like per ten thousand minutes. Yeah, this is this is what they were at their first ten thousand, their second ten thousand, their third ten thousand, and then you know whatever after that. I'm yeah, the, LeBron's LeBron's at six uh, forty five thousand six sixty. Yeah, um, as of February twenty first, so that number's gone up. If he goes, if he goes twenty <laughs> twenty seasons like Kobe did, he could amass sixty thousand minutes, guys. People don't recognize what that does to an NBA body. I don't think he, I don't know if he'll make it twenty years anyway. Well, but but let's put it this way: he is right behind Paul Pierce for minutes played as of as of the twenty first. He might be almost there now. And Paul played how many years? Twenty. I, yeah, I don't he was know. kind of the old man mentor there at the end with the I'm, I'm Wizards just, and Clippers. I'm just and, saying, can we can we stop looking at small sample sizes of LeBron versus Kobe, versus Jordan or Kobe and start to amass some of the big picture? LeBron's had to carry a lot in 13 seasons, and he's played a lot of minutes in 13 seasons. You want to go even further, go from minutes played to games started and how many of those minutes played. There, it, it's It's insane. You know, I'm I'm just making a case for LeBron. I'm not I'm I'm not trying to show my over love for LeBron versus Jordan because I recognize the greatness of Jordan. I recognize Kobe. But if we're going to critique LeBron, let's try and have a big picture mentality about it instead of narrowing it down to black versus white in little minute things. Please. Agreed? Well, yeah. Um I think that's just something we do in sports is we have to just say, it okay, is. who is the best? Let's debate this endlessly. It is. I'm just going to look at the three of them, their cumulative numbers. Oh, here's, here's fun. I, I went and I looked at the, the minutes. I pulled it up for NBA, ABA uh, leaders. Yeah. Just to see who's, who's in there. LeBron is currently number 18. The only other active player in the top 20 is uh, Dirk. 
Uh-huh. And Dirk's played 21 seasons. Right. Dirk's uh, looking at about 51,000 minutes. Um, you've got two jazz players in the top 10. Carl and John. Carl and John. Carl with 54,852 minutes. John Stockton with a career. And this is kind of crazy to think about. Iron Man John Stockton, 47,764 minutes. So LeBron is less than 2,000 minutes behind Stockton at this point. And both of those players nearly went 20 years, if not did reach the 20-year mark. There's something to be said about LeBron in the minutes he's putting in minimal time. Well, let let me tell you who's ahead of him. Uh, We'll go from one down. One, Kareem. Two, Carl. Three, Dirk. Four, Kevin Garnett. Five, Jason Kidd. Six, Elvin Hayes. Seven, Moses Malone. Eight, Kobe. Nine, Wilt. Ten, Stockton. Eleven, Reggie Miller. Twelve, the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. Uh, Thirteen, Artis Gilmore. Fourteen, the glove, Gary Payton. Fifteen, John Havlicek. Sixteen, Ray Allen. And seventeen, Paul Pierce. And as I said, Paul Pierce is about to get passed. That's 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 something. Go go ahead, John, with what you were going to do. I I just I'm, well, I was I'm I'm looking at all three of their careers. LeBron is only a hundred points behind Michael Jordan for passing him for all time scoring. Yep, he is only not even three hundred points behind Kobe in passing him for all time scoring. Yep. Um, LeBron was the most efficient field goal percentage at fifty four percent. Michael was fifty point nine. Kobe was forty eight point five. He's the best three shooter, three point shooter, the three of them, um, the best two point shooter. <laughs> That's fascinating. Uh, you know, better rebound, better assist guy, uh, slightly more steals than Colby. Um, you know, Michael Jordan just got a lot more opportunities to shoot. If, if anything, LeBron, if he could have just been a better free throw shooter because Michael was 83.5, Kobe was 83.7. LeBron is 73.7. He'd he'd already passed both of them in minutes if he if he could have been matching their free throw percentage rate. Yep. I'm just I'm just saying I'm sorry I got us off topic a little bit, but I had a conversation the other day with somebody. John, I know you may or may not have seen it because Jedi and Germs were tagged in it for a bit, but I had to delete some of it because I got the years wrong. That's the only part I got wrong. I see, just I didn't even see it. I just saw a reference to it, and I I I'm just glad I missed it. <laughs> yeah, be glad. I I wish you were there though because you probably could have come with the stats a lot faster than I did. I just. My my end point here, and then we can move on if we want, is that LeBron, LeBron James is is special, and he's been doing special for a while. And just because he takes a few nights off of defense, maybe he doesn't play a game or two, there is an obvious ex- excuse, if you will, but I wouldn't even call it that, a reason for it. The man has logged a lot of minutes on that body, and he's not a small body either. He's 6'8", 260. That's a lot to carry on a guy for 13 seasons. And you know, it's funny. He has a better defensive box plus minus than Michael. Yep. Well, the other thing is, you know, I think LeBron sees the writing on the wall with the Lakers and I don't think he expected to win much this season. Would he like to make the playoffs? Absolutely. Um, You know, because it's LeBron, would he like to win? Absolutely. But I think you'd see a very different LeBron James had say Paul George um, gone to LA or if a trade had been orchestrated for yep. Kawhi or AD, yep. you, you'd see a different attitude. But when you're, you know, fighting for the eighth seed, LeBron's going to take some plays off. So one word, one word answer from both of you. Do the Lakers make the playoffs this year? Yes or no? No. 
No. Okay. All right. Moving on, John, let's talk draft. You have quite a bit to throw into this. Yeah, we don't really pay as much attention to the draft when the Jazz aren't in the lottery, but I just wanted to look and see how things are stacking up lottery-wise, pick-wise, where everything is going. And so I just wanted to see who owes first-round picks to anybody else. And in our show notes, I did West first and then East first. Um, Dallas loses their first-round pick if they fall out of the top five. And right now, they are slated to go 12th, I think. Does this hold? Oh, this is old. Okay, I don't know what the order is right now. Uh, Dallas... (laughs) I'm I'm looking at NBA draft. They haven't updated it for three weeks. So Dallas loses theirs if they fall out of the top five. That goes to Atlanta. Denver loses theirs if they go out of the top 12, which they will. And that'll go to Brooklyn. Houston loses theirs if they make the playoffs. They will. So it'll go to Cleveland. Clippers lose theirs if they make the playoffs, which they just might do. And if they do, then it goes to Boston. Memphis loses theirs if they fall out of the top eight. That goes to Boston. Sacramento loses theirs if they don't get the number one pick and it goes to Boston. And if I remember right, that's part of a three-way deal where Boston gets first dibs on a pick and then Philadelphia is second in line for some other pick. I don't know. It's complicated. Anyway, bottom line, Sacramento loses their pick if they don't get the number one pick. And then in the East, uh, Cleveland loses theirs if they fall out of the top 10. That would go to Atlanta. Uh, the Sixers lose there. If they make the playoffs, they will. And that will go to the Clippers. So the Clippers could make the playoffs and still get a number one pick uh, or a first round pick, I should say. If Clippers happen to fall out and then say Clippers barely miss the playoffs, then they'll have two first round picks next year anyway. And finally, Toronto loses theirs. If they fall out of the top 20, it goes to the Spurs. It looks like that's what will happen. They're going to be like 28th or 29th. So. Spurs will get that pick as part of the Kawhi trade. You know, I'm just looking surface at these, John. Boston's about to stockpile. Yep. Boston is, they have the table set to go after Anthony Davis this summer. Yeah. So if they think it's worth giving up Jason Tatum and all these assets, then, you know, I think that's what's going to happen. That's just crazy. And if that's the case, I feel bad for Tatum because he is an upcoming star who I think is going to be very good for years to come. And he, he is, but now he's 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 kind of the young guy. He's one of the young guys like Kyrie refers to when he's uh-huh. complaining. If he gets traded to New Orleans, he's going to have all these promising rookies and sophomores around him. So it is something they could build up. I just don't have that much faith in the new Orleans. Neither do I, uh, organization. They did just fire Dell Demp. So who knows, maybe they can turn it around, but and yeah, it would suck. It would suck going from like some classic franchise, like the Celtics to go to the Pelicans. And, and the other point I'll make too, is going from a coach who's developed him. And, and I, that's my question, I guess it, it layered in here is how good is Tatum due to Brad Stevens mentoring and coaching. Uh, I, I'm sure you have to give him some credit. I would, I would also say that for Tatum, he's also going from an Eastern team to a Western team. Right. And my, my guess would be that new Orleans just cleans it up when they trade Davis. I would think they would let go of Alvin Gentry. Yes. And I would say you just start over. You have a new front office, new head coach, bunch of new players because we just did this trade. I think that's the way they should go. 
Yeah, agreed. So, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting draft movement come uh, June. I, where it's going to be interesting to watch all of that. And John, you've maybe caught glimpses of it already. I'm guessing and hearing that this draft isn't really all that deep. That's what I tend to get. I, I get that Zion's number one, and there are another three or four guys that are really promising. But I've, I, someone said it a month ago. I don't know if it was Tony Jones or Eric or one of those guys saying that they that it was it was probably like some pre trade deadline stuff that the Jazz really didn't feel that great about what the middle of this draft is going to be. So you know, yeah. Jazz are on course to be like the twentieth pick, twenty first pick, probably somewhere in there. Right. And this just sounds like one of those drafts where after the top, you know, four or five guys, there's just not much that's going to be there. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of wondering. And two of those top four or five guys are Duke guys because I believe Zion's not the only one in the top five. I think his teammate is definitely nope. somebody being looked at too. Yeah, R.J. Barrett and Cameron Reddish are both yeah going to be sought after. So, All right, I think that wraps up NBA news and notes for the week. Let's move on to Devin's quick hits. Ooh, okay. Okay, we, we can do some quick hits. Um, let's start with Russell Westbrook getting touched by a fan during a game. It was during a dead ball situation, but a young Nuggets fan reaches out and taps him on the arm. Uh, Russell turns and, and has a conversation with the young man while his dad sits there and turns cherry red. Do you think something <laughs> needs to happen with, with situations like this? Because this happened to Russ last year where a, a fan was out on the floor, I believe in Denver and and got like in his face. And was this the was this the little kid who sat right back down when Russ turned to him? Yes, yep, that's the one. Okay, but but uh, I, I mean, <laughs> people shouldn't be able to reach out and touch players. Did you hear Russ go off about it too? I did, I did, and that's why I'm asking I you didn't. what what do you think needs to be done here? I, I don't know about this one. It was a dead ball, and it was a little kid. And I think the kid learned a lesson when Russ just stared at him. <laughs> but in general, I mean, I don't want him to like, you know, scoot fans further back or put up barricades or anything. I don't know what you can really do. What what happened last last year? Did they do anything? I don't remember. Wasn't it the guy? Yeah. Uh, Player thought, should definitely never be touched by a fan. Definitely, yeah, especially an adult fan. You unless, know, unless the yes. player welcomes it. I mean, if if Donovan runs down the sideline after a made shot and high fives well, everybody, that's that's warranted. That's accepted. Of course, of course, but you know, I should never have anyone like tapping him on the back of the shoulder, going "You suck" or anything like no, that. No, and that, I, I that agree. Just never. I agree. In fact, John, yeah, I know you didn't see the post game comments from him, but. They interviewed him, and one of the things he brought up, and Devin, I don't know if you even thought about this angle to it, but he he mentioned that he felt it and turned around, whirled around like he was going to unload on somebody and realized it was a little kid, caught himself so that he wouldn't go off on this poor little kid. But he he raised the point that, look, it, it, you need to watch your kids and need to teach them too because I very yeah. easily could have gone off on this kid, and I don't want to do that. And, and would yep. you would yep. you have blamed him if he did just in the moment? Because once you get that emotion going of "Hey, who is grabbing me or or making contact with me from the side?" You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's he's totally. I'm 100 percent on his side on this. Okay, I I won't disagree. I'm I'm on his side, I, even though 
even though sometimes the drama that is Westbrook I have issues with. But this is one of those points I'd concede. Yep. Okay. Um, let's talk about James Harden scoring over 50 points. I believe he's done it six times this season. Um, how much stock do you put in that when it comes down to the MVP race? Not much. Cause I still want Giannis. No, I, I didn't um, say because you I, th- want. I think it will matter. Okay. Well, okay. Let's put it this way. If Houston isn't, let's say Houston doesn't even have home court advantage in the playoffs. I can't, I can't give it to him for the second year in a row. Okay, that's that's I, I have issues with the scoring title being one of the catalysts for MVP because, you know, I mean, like I'm I'm like John, I it's it's very pos- possible and plausible that he wins it again. But I, you know, I know you want Giannis. I still think Paul George might be the MVP of this league right now with what he's done. Maybe I think the thing is, Paul George is playing with another NBA MVP on his team. I still argue and that Paul's Milwaukee's the best. Well, maybe, but Milwaukee's got the best record in the NBA. James yeah. Harden, he, when he won the MVP, Houston was the number one team in the West, right? Maybe they had the best record overall. Weren't they like something like 65 wins? Right. So yeah, that was no. obvious. And that's why, that's why I'll concede your point. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I get it. I just, uh, it, and, and I granted he has Westbrook, but is anybody want to debate that Paul George is the best player on the Thunder right now? No, no there, he, there's he's no the debate. Best, he's the best player this year, and he is. I mean, he would be. I haven't really thought about making a list or anything. He's in my top five without even looking at who else is around. Right. But so yeah, okay. Gian, Giannis, Harden, Paul George. Those are the ones who instantly come to mind, and then I'd have to look and think about it. Okay. Right. I, I just wondered. You know, James had that streak going of what was it, thirty-two consecutive thirty-point games, thirty-point or more. Mm-hmm. Um, game second most in in NBA history for right. a streak. So and and Jokic is another guy who's not scoring but does a lot for his team that I think is worthy of MVP discussion too. Something I haven't looked up but feels true. James Harden probably has a record for all time free throw attempts. Probably. I have no idea if that's true, but I'd just like to see if it is. I believe it is. Look for, it up for a season or well, for I, I a think career? All, I think all time. Career. I think all time career. I, I don't know that he's there for career. Oh, I think he's pretty darn close. I, I think Shaq's got to be up there too. <laughs> you, you, uh, you're not going to like it, but that's <laughs> that's. See. While he's looking it up, Devin, you said you had you did were disagreeing with something I said. I think. Uh, you said Jokic MVP, and I went after last night. No, I know, but even last night when I, he was I know, I know. less than less than good at the rim last night, or putting in putting points on the board, that pass for one, like, is he not the best big man passer in the game? I, I think he is. I, I don't think there's any debate about that either. I mean, what big goes in, tags two players along with him like he's going to make a layup, and then whips it around almost as if without seeing his own teammate and hits his teammate for a dunk. Crazy. No, Jokic is a very special player. Um, yes. You know, he he's fundamentally sound in every aspect of the game, it seems. He's not the most athletic guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> Like going coast to coast against Oklahoma City? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to a leaderboard. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. What, what are you looking at? Most made free throws or most attempts? Uh, I'm going to do both as soon as I can figure out where to get my, where to get the all time list. Sorry, uh, Dev, I had to, <laughs> I just, I, I, I have, I've oh, watched, here. I watched the tail end of that Oklahoma city game. And the fact that they were inbounding to Jokic 
and that he's going coast to coast and that he's drawing fouls while he's dribbling. It's like they found their new point guard in Denver and it's their center. Okay. Uh, Harden has a ways to go when it comes to free throw attempts, but do you want to guess who the all-time leader is? I already know, so I... Okay. uh, Alan, what's your guess? I I was thinking to myself, it's either Kobe or Jordan, but I could be wrong on that. It is Carl Malone. Oh, no, wait. I did know that. How did I forget that? You're right. It is Carl. Holy crap. To, to be fair, Shaq, Shaq comes in at what, number four? Third. <laughs> oh, well, we- if, you, if, you, if you do NBA, ABA combined, Shaq's fourth. If you just do NBA, Shaq's third. Okay. Watching, it's still, still memories of watching him do the one-handed free throw. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Ron Devin. Boone is the seventh all-time leader free throw attempts attempted in the ABA. Wow. So there. <laughs> All right, Devin. Sorry, we 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 hi- yeah, we you, you we guys hijacked my quick hijacked hits. that quick hit. Move Sorry. on. Okay, Boston struggling with Kyrie. Should Kyrie leave? They've lost what six six straight with Kyrie in the lineup. I think they've it won the last six with them the playoffs. All depends on the playoffs. Uh, my answer is no, but I I just yeah no. Okay, we're gonna do a crossover here. There was a video uh, that I tweeted out a few days ago of if James Harden played football. Did you guys see that one? No. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go Marty find laughing, it. Though. I'm going to go find it. You have to watch it. I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was absolutely hilarious and so fitting. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk some football here. Um, Nick Foles going to be a free agent. Uh, where do you think he ends up? I'd like to see him in Denver, truthfully. Denver just... Didn't Denver just get Flacco though? Yeah, I know, but I I take Foles over Flacco is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would too. Got well, maybe maybe he goes to Baltimore because I don't know what Baltimore's doing. Well, they're they're all in on Lamar. Oh yeah, I guess so. Sorry, Devin. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sorry to laugh at your misfortune. I can't help it. Um, you can't even talk. You're a 49ers <laughs> fan. No, I can't. You're right. Uh, I have no idea where Foles ends up. I don't know. I I couldn't even begin to who's, guess. Who's the backup quarterback in the Patriots? Maybe he should just go there. Oh, God. Next year's got to be Brady's last year. <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, Jason Witten returning to the Cowboys. Took a year off uh, to do Monday Night Football commentary. Is this good for, for Dallas? Um... Yeah, I'm why not? It's a feel good story. And I did confirm that the last six games Kyrie missed Boston won. And they lost four straight since he came back. And in fact, uh Wow. Okay, so really sorry about this. So uh, back to January twenty third, every game Kyrie missed they won. And every game he played in, they went two and seven. Okay. Take that, Bill Simmons. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the thing is, when I saw the news about Jason Witten, I forgot that he didn't even play last year. So did I. So, sure. My answer to that is sure. But that's America's team. <laughs> Devin? I'm sorry. It yeah. sure was under Bush 41, but... Um. <laughs> All right. Um, I got another one. Tony Harris, a young lady, commits to play football. At Central Methodist. 
She is a five foot seven inch safety from, let's see, played at East Los Angeles College the last two seasons before being offered a scholarship. So I guess this is the first female skill player to be offered a, uh, a football like- scholarship. Do you think this is something that we'll see much more of, or is this just kind of a feel good story? Uh, you know, getting some attention. It, it's just, where where do you stand on this? If a girl can play, I think a girl should should be allowed to play. You yes, know, I think we'll see more. A, a young lady. But at the same time, there are concerns because a five foot seven safety, to me, sounds a little undersized at, at any position. That that was my first thought, too, was a safety is only five foot seven. There's, she's got to be really special in other areas besides jumping because <laughs> I, I mean that's just a natural tall position you want your safeties to be over six feet tall your safeties your corners i mean right good luck and especially but when yeah, you get I mean, some of these receivers who are six four you know 230 plus pounds you know some of yeah, these guys I mean, are she's shorter than me that's that's pretty short safety Okay. Okay. Uh, Bless her heart. I hope she does well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Pulling for, her, but we'll we'll see what what the future holds with these things. Um, last week we talked about Robert Kraft. We kind of made light of the situation with what's come out. Um, do you see any any significant well, punishment coming from the NFL for for what's happened? When we first heard about it, we just first heard about it and addressed it on air. Uh, later that day, more details came out and it sounded like a much more horrifying situation. And I think the NFL should do something because participating in something like that, where you had trafficking involved, maybe, I mean, maybe he didn't know that that's what was going on, but he sure supported it. So yeah, I do think they should do. Something. And have they released the other names in the, that have been involved? Because Devin, I think when we were talking last week, they mentioned there are other big names involved. I don't think I've ever I, seen. I haven't heard any I others. haven't seen any additional names surface. I gathered he was the most famous one, but no, I haven't seen It was just else, the so. way they reported it that they indicated there were other. Yeah, indicated that there were other big that. names. But no, I'm, I I agree. Something needs to be done with it. Yeah, with Robert Kraft. And he, he, there will be action. But my question in addition to that, Devin is don't you think something will happen? I mean, he's already likely to see some trouble with the law as a result. And I just, I mean, in possible prison time, maybe I don't sell know. the team. I just think something's going to happen. Sell yes. the team. I think about what happened with the Donald Sterling thing a few years ago and the way the NBA stepped up with that. I, yep. I don't, I don't know if this is viewed the same way. Yes, it is. I think, I, I think this is worse. I think what Sterling did was disgusting. Yeah. I think this is worse. If if he's supporting human trafficking, that's that's next level bad in my mind. My um, my concern but the NFL doesn't have a history of of doing anything. Well, and my concern and and you, your point right there goes to my next my next point. How many cases of domestic abuse and violence have we heard in the NFL and it seems like nothing's being done? Well, they're getting better. I mean, they, they are. Right. They are. They ultimately, ultimately did the right thing with him. They were kind of forced to, but they ultimately did the right thing there. You know, and and I'll be honest. I am for giving people a shot at redemption. 
you know, when, when it's deserved, um, when, when they've been adequately punished, you know, you have a chance to redeem yourself. I, I think people should have yeah. that. Yeah. But some things are no. And, and this is one of those things. Robert Kraft doesn't need to own the Patriots. He's got enough money. He's still going to make a ton of money off of selling the team if they were to force him to do so. You know, yeah. but I, I think the, the league needs to step up and do something to send a message. That's where I'm at. If they find out that he knew about it, oh, you know what? It, it, he's on his way. Just do something about it immediately. All right, let's uh, let's do one more jump. We'll talk baseball for just a minute. Uh, I think last week maybe we mentioned Manny Machado going to San Diego on a 10-year, $300 million deal. This year, or not this year, this week, uh, Rockies third baseman Nolan Arenado uh, agrees to an eight-year, $255 million extension. And then later in the week, we had the big domino fall, and that would be to Philadelphia. Bryce Harper inks a $330 million contract for the next 13 years, I believe. Which puts him, if I recall correctly, at age 39 when he's done. The year will be 2032. I don't even know that the United States will still exist in 2032 with, you know, (laughs) the world is just crazy. Should we have all played baseball? I guess we'll start there. Boy, I should have. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, the numbers are crazy. I, I guess... You know, we can make a lot of uh, jokes. Where where is the world going to be in in twenty thirty two? Well, we can say how many you know titles but, are the are the Phillies going to win during the time of this contract? But isn't basketball already there too? I mean, Steph Curry si- signed a how many year deal for two hundred and something million, right? Right. And and this, I I guess this is where we can go with this and and kind of make it a serious conversation. Are these contracts getting completely out of control? Yes. Because I, I get it. You're paying a guy $30 million plus a year, you know, some of these. Uh, these players are also likely getting contracts, um, you know, endorsements, things of that nature, ways that they are making additional money on top of what they are getting from their guaranteed or their base salary. I mean, it's just, it's kind of nuts when you start hearing these numbers. Yeah, the players earn their money. Yeah, the players are the ones generating the profits and should be adequately compensated. But do you think that there should be some other way of going about this where maybe the money saved goes to more charitable causes or goes to decreasing the prices on ticket sales or something so that it's easier for people to go and afford these games. I, I, I don't know. It's it just, you start hearing these numbers and oh my goodness. And, and 10 years is nuts. John, what should do you anyone th- be signing a 10 year contract in a, in a sport? Because you don't know what an injury right. could bring. That, that yeah, seems that's reckless. The thing. What do you think, John? Yeah. I mean, Something that huge, all guaranteed for that long. When you think of injuries, you're 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 basically paying him for the front half and hoping it all works out because that much for that long is just kind of nuts. But that's what happens when baseball they don't have a salary cap, so you can have the rich teams just shelling out all kinds of money, and then the 
you know, the poorer teams are just not going to be able to catch up. And same, that's same what baseball is. And I think between that and steroids, that's why baseball started going down in popularity in the past 10 or 15 years. And I'd, I'd argue the same thing goes on in the NBA. And, and Devin, to your point, it, it, again, I'll answer your question. Yeah, I think that's there's too much money being thrown out there now. The problem is, is I don't think that is solely on ownership either. I think that's TV deals, the TV market. TV is shelling out money to teams and to the 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 organ, you know, the the NBA or to to MLB and all that. They're shelling out an exorbitant amount of money. Why are they doing it? Well, it goes back to us, the consumers, because we're consuming it as a large amount. We're watching all the time. So part of that is on our own fault, isn't it? Because we're supporting it the way well, that we yeah, do. Yeah, it, it's, it's supply and demand, and, and the market dictates what the price is going to be because if people are willing to pay, yeah, then they're going to go with that. But it just, I don't know, there's just so much money in sports and, you know, the cost of merchandise and ticket sales and concessions and... You know, the, the don't even get me started on, oh, we need a tax break for building an arena or renovating right. an arena. Don't, don't get me started yep. on that. Right. But it's just like, it's nuts. One guy, $300 million. And you know, like you said, the NBA is, is worse in some ways because there is a, a salary cap in the NBA and there's shorter contracts. And these guys are still seeing these huge figures of yep. 40 plus million a year. It's just like, where do you draw the line between, yeah, these guys earn it, and you know what? We've got all this money. We're going to do something more productive with it than just pay 200 players a ton of money. You know, and at the same time, LeBron James, when you look at what LeBron brought to value to Cleveland, LeBron James brought more money to the Cleveland ownership than he was paid. I guarantee you that. Absolutely. Because without LeBron James, that arena was pretty empty. And I think that's a large part of why Dan Gilbert, I guess, pandered a little bit or or ran the organization like he did and never really got LeBron James the legit help he needed over the years because, hey, LeBron James was his marketing. LeBron James was his moneymaker. So why not? I just I don't know. It, it's just it's crazy how much money these franchises are worth, how much players are getting paid. And, you know, ticket prices continue to go up everything continues to go up and it just seems like they're making more money each way. And it's, it's weird to me. And to see these huge contracts being thrown out in baseball, I I guess I just didn't realize that the money was there. I I knew that there was money in baseball. You know what I mean? But baseball seems to be like a based on the Utah market. It feels like a dying sport. I know it's probably not, but it's just weird to me. Dev, let's go join baseball. Let's do it. I I would have tried to play baseball had I known. <laughs> had someone told me, "Hey, do you want to make three hundred million dollars?" Uh, yeah, sign me up. Swing a bat, okay. <laughs> I'll swing that bat all day, every day. If you're going to give me that much money, yeah. All right, that's that's enough quick hits. Let's let's move on. All right, uh, let's move on to pop culture. John, you want to talk Oscars? Yep, we had the Academy Awards, and there was some surprises. Um, Green Book wound up being a surprise win for Best Picture. Uh, there is a lot of controversy around it, around it because some people say that it oversimplifies what the Jim Crow South was like. I say that most people are upset at it because it 
didn't tell the story they wished it had told. I think taken for what it is and why it is, it's a great little movie. It wasn't my pick for best picture, but, you know, okay, whatever. I, I was hoping Black Klansman or Star is Born would win. Do you, do you uh, still think it's deserved, though? Um, it's, it's fine for, I mean, it, it made my top 10 for the actual best picture of the year. It's fine because there were other movies that I definitely would have been mad about if they had won. But, but here's the thing. I think because of its subject matter and the way it's handled and the controversy, I think it's going to be one of those movies like crash and driving Miss Daisy that won best picture. But as time goes on, people are just going to resent it more and more for winning it. Okay. That's how I see it going. I saw some people compare it to the La La Land win. Well, La La Land didn't win. I know, but just comparing the same idea, I guess. I don't know. I saw yeah, I saw yeah. some conversation about it over if, Twitter. If La La Land had actually won, I would see it being more like that as well. That's okay. that's true. Okay. Um, let's see. Alfonso Cuaron won his second Oscar for Best Director for Roma. He also won for Gravity, if I remember right. In fact, five of the last six winners for Best Director are from Mexico. You have two for Coran, two for Alejandro Iñárritu, who won for The Revenant and Birdman, and then you also had Guillermo del Toro win last year for Shape of Water. And the three of them are all good friends. They're they're called the Three Amigos, and they've won five of the last six. So good for them. Um, Rami Malek won Best Actor, Bohemian Rhapsody, Olivia Colman upset Glenn Close to win Best Actress for The Favorite. Supporting actor Mahershala Ali wins second year in a row. He won for Green Book. Supporting actress was Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. And I kicked myself for not catching that in theaters, but here it's really good. And then Best Animated Film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Best Foreign Film, Roma. Best Documentary Film, Free Solo, which I want to see and I hope it's still on a big screen somewhere so I can go catch it. And uh, overall... Uh, a lot of wealth was spread. This is the first time since they expanded Best Picture beyond just five movies that every movie nominated for Best Picture won something. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody won the most overall with four, and that was for actor, film editing, sound editing, and sound mixing. And then <clears throat> winning three each was Green Book, Black Panther, and Roma. And then all other winners was one. And Black Panther, a couple of the wins surprised me. I mean, didn't it didn't it win best score, I believe? Yeah, I, I thought Black Panther was gonna get shut out, so I was pleasantly surprised they wound up with three. They got score, they had production design, and they had costume design. And, and you can't complain about any of those. Oh no, the costume design especially, I just thought about it. I'm like, man, that's deserving right there because of what they did. But score surprised me. Um, there were a lot of good entries in that particular category, and so it really really surprised me that that the that they won for best score yeah so i i find myself watching the oscars thinking of you the whole time because we talked last week and <laughs> and you had given us your your picks and so i'm sitting there thinking okay john picked that john picked nope not that one nope not that one yep that one it, it was it, it made it easier for me to watch too because of the knowledge i had from our discussions to kind of watch for some of the things to, to go through and the other Oscar you didn't mention that I thought was kind of cool, Best Animated Short. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you see Bao in, in theaters? You, did you see? I, I saw it on YouTube. Okay. Because I think that was the one that was prior to Incredibles 2, I think. Oh, and maybe I did see it in theaters. I'm trying to think if that was the case. 
Maybe maybe I did see it in theaters. Yeah. But but it was a Pixar short and man, I loved that. I thought it, it it might be one of my favorite Pixar shorts in a long time. I mean, there's been some good ones over the years, but that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay, I guess I did see it in theaters because I did I did see Incredibles two in theaters. Um, and in fact, last night I watched the best documentary short subject winner, period, end of sentence. Yes, which is, it's on my it's list. On Netflix. It's on my on list. Netflix. Did you did you like it? Yeah, I mean, it's only twenty five minutes long, and it's just this group of people in rural India trying to take the stigma off menstruation and come up with a low cost way of manufacturing uh, sanitary napkins. And it, it was very interesting to, to watch that topic. Well, and, and when we were watching it, I had my 15 year old daughter with me and she noted it and was it just right away made a comment about the title and about it. And, and it, it, it dawned on me. I'm like, what is this? And so I, I went out to Twitter and, and Brooke, our good friend, all of, all of you guys know Brooke. And I went to, went to Brooke yeah. who had said something about it. I, and, and she's the one that recommended it. So I went out to Netflix. I added it to my to watch list and uh, I intend to sit down and, and watch it. And, you know, I, it's also from what I read, it's suitable for, for younger generation too. So I might watch it with my, with my daughter or with my kids. Cause I think it might be worth the time. Yeah. It's PG. There's nothing wrong in it. So any other notes on Oscars? I <laughs> Uh, they didn't have a host, and that wound up being fine. Yeah, I, I did not miss Jimmy Kimmel handing out sandwiches for a gag or anything like that. <laughs> I, I do kind of like having a host. In fact, I liked how when uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph came out as the first real presenters, and they kind of acted like de facto hosts for the first five or six minutes. I thought that was funny. I appreciated that. Right. Opening the show with Queen didn't feel like the Oscars, but. Eh, what are you gonna do? Cake. But yeah, I thought the show moved along great. I every year I get more and more annoyed with In Memoriam for all the people they leave out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that drives me crazy. <laughs> and and he even there gave- are all these publicists and film editors that no one's heard of, and yet you're leaving out like an Oscar winner like Carol Channing. Like, come on, what is well, this about? And he even he even at the beginning pointed to the fact that they would leave a few out, but it's like I mean, it, it to me for I don't know they're always on people for taking too long on their speeches and then they rush through something like that it's like you know what if you're really that concerned then make it a four-hour event instead of a three-hour event and make time for it um I was a little disappointed I mean I love Bette Midler I was a little disappointed that it was Bette Midler that sang the song from Mary Poppins and that they did not get the star to come out and sing it herself Mm. I don't know if that if that's minor at all. I, I don't know. The, the that bugs me sometimes when they do that. Like I remember when Under the Sea was nominated from Little Mermaid, but they got Jeffrey Holder to sing it instead yeah. of Samuel E. Wright. And I'm like, why didn't you let – no one knows what Samuel E. Wright looks like. This would have been great. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know why they didn't just use him. I, also, I yeah. also appreciated that they had the actors come out when they were presenting and talking about Roma speaking in Spanish. Uh, yeah, I like that, and I really liked the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga performance. Oh, I thought that was my goodness, that was that good, was great. Devin, did you watch any of the Oscars at all? Oscar who? You're funny. You didn't, did you? No. Okay. Um, well, my next question then is re- is regarding this. Last week, you said you were going to watch Roma. Did you? No. <laughs> no, I did not. I was going nope. to. 
I got I got distracted. <laughs> no, I haven't watched it either, but I just remember you said last week there you wanted to. There were four to. jazz games. We went three and <laughs> one. Let's talk about that. Fair. <laughs> All right, I could I could go with that. That's fair enough. Um and by the way, since last conversation, I watched the first episode of the Netflix ser- uh show You. Mm. Um let me I I'm intrigued. Intrigued enough to continue watching, but it's very interesting that the the point of view in this show is from him. So yeah. you spend the entire show he's having inner dialogue. And it's very interesting the feel they give from early on. You get you get this feel good like okay, this guy is a pretty good dude and this and that and it turns but his his inner dialogue never changes. Um he continues on as if just the innocent guy just going about his business. And yeah, I'm I'm intrigued enough to continue watching this. It's it's strange. Really strange. Yeah. I don't know how much you've heard about it. Have, have you watched it at all, John? No, I haven't. I'm, I'm, we're, we're finishing Travelers right now, but that's one we'll probably move on to. I still need to watch the rest of Travelers, and I'm disappointed that they canceled it too. Me too, but I hope, I hope they wrap it up nicely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. If you get a chance, when you get a chance, start watching you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. It's, I, it's a rare form for me. I, I don't think I've ever seen. You know, the the guy's a psycho. He's psychotic. He really is. But the way they portray him from, again, from his point of view is very, innocence the word, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, I, I can't think of it, but just you, you, from early on, you almost start to like feel for him and start to be on his side a little bit. But then you start to see the little hints of, okay, this guy's just a little weird. And what he's doing, that's not healthy, it's not good. But you're along for the ride and you keep going. Mm. So, I, I don't know. Um, that's my two cents worth this week. I, I, as far as pop culture, I can't think of much else. But, John, did you touch on everything on Oscars? I thought we had moved away from it. But are, yeah, are, yeah no, okay. that's, that's, I'm covered. All right, no. Devin, what do you want to – I know you I, got I, something I, you want to throw I want to talk about. Yes, you do. Um, it's, not, it's not a movie. It's not a TV series. It's not a Netflix series. I want to talk about a book. Okay. There's a book coming out this week called 100 Things Jazz Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Yes. And this is written by our friend and previous guest, Jody Genesee from the Deseret News. Uh, Many of you know DJ Jazzy Jody on Twitter. He is a great writer, uh, a great journalist. And more importantly, he is a great person. And a great friend. And this book will be coming out next week. Um, it is available online on Amazon. Uh, pre-order price um, for Kindle is $12. Uh, paperback copy is going to run you about 16 That's not bad. want to encourage everyone to uh, consider getting it because I know he put a lot of time into this. And it sounds like he had a great time writing it. And so if you have stuck around listening to us this long, what I'd like you to do is tweet at Jody and tell him that we talked about his book on Jedi and germs, that you heard us talk about it and that we want him on the show to talk about its release. 
because we would love to have him on the show if we could get him next week or or sometime in the next couple of weeks about what he went through, what the experiences was was like, and maybe share some of his favorite uh, favorite topics from the book. So that's that's my encouragement. Buy his book, send him a tweet, tell him to get on our show so we can talk about this some more. And in the meantime, I'll see what I can do about reaching out, and we'll see if we can get him on. Oh, no. We we, we like that listener peer pressure, though, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, so, we do. Let, let him know he's wanted. Okay. I, yeah, I forgot. I'm glad you brought that up because I I thought about it all week, and then it blanked on me this episode. So, yeah, Jody, very excited for you. And uh, we look forward to this book. I know I'll be purchasing and reading it. I know I will. So, uh, any other thoughts this week? Oh, I think we're good. All right. We want to thank you all for joining us on yet another edition of Jedi and Germs. We uh, would appreciate it if you take some time, not just to tweet it, Jody, but also take some time to go out to iTunes. Many of our good friends have done so. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, tell us what you think of the show. Do the same thing on our Facebook page, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and uh, retweet, share the things that we, we talk about on Twitter because we'd love to get continue to have conversation and discussion about the jazz and about any of our topics. We would appreciate the feedback. Thank you. We'll talk to you again real soon. John, take us out. Bye, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.